Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We are not doing this, however, without considering the works we are committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Thanks, Gabe. Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving and enjoyed your time in eating. Today we're going to be concluding our series on true identity. Uh, I know it's the Advent and usually the Sunday after Christmas we move into that Advent, but I couldn't let chapter 6 of Ephesians go without talking about some of the things that are here. And so if you have a copy of the scripture, open it up to Ephesians chapter 6 and let's read from verses 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And Lord, I do pray that this morning you would, through these words, speak into our lives, God, that we would understand more deeply what it is you have for us, that we would be able to enjoy fully what you have given to us and that, Lord, we might live a life that points to you even more clearly. Bless our time together, we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Paul is concluding this letter to the church at Ephesus, 
he gives this idea of finally. I, I want you guys to know this and, and to understand how important the church at Ephesus is. It is believed that shortly after Paul writes this epistle that his student Timothy would take and start pastoring the church and the church would grow to the numbers of up to 20,000 that they would feel, fill one of the amphitheaters there and that this community would actually be the gateway to bringing this message of who Jesus is to all of Asia. And so this is a pivotal point in Christian history. And Paul writing to this community says, finally, I want you guys to know this. And he gives this illustration of this kind of armor of this really a a soldier and how he's going to put this armor on. And and so we're going to look at this a little bit and we're going to talk about four things here. We're going to talk about ladders. We're going to talk about dominoes, not pizza, the ones that knock over. We're going to talk about ice skates and we're going to talk about camels. Okay, makes sense? Everyone got it? Yeah, fits right in with Ephesians, of course. Paul tells them, finally, I I want you guys to do something. And what he says as what's important as he's giving this illustration of a soldier with his armor. And he tells them, finally, what I want you to do is I want you to stand. Now, those of you who are familiar with this passage, you probably just hear that and go, oh, yeah, okay, stand, yeah, stand. And four times he mentions stand or withstand in these few verses. But to those of us who aren't just going through this and saying, oh, yeah, I've heard this before, and you get this idea, here's a picture of a soldier with all this armor, and what do you want us to do? I want you to to stand. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm just standing. You know, don't you want me to do something? No, I just want you to stand. And we start to think, what on earth? Why? What do you want me to do? Just stand? Is that, that what I'm supposed to do? Why would he say that? When I used to work construction and I did fire sprinklers, what I had to do all day long, depending on the job, was go up and down a ladder and put in pipe for the fire sprinklers. And what was really important to understand is where you place that ladder would determine how well your day went. Okay, because if you, well, of course, if you put it on an angle, you could fall and die to your death. Is there another way to die? No. Anyway, you'd put that ladder in the proper place, and that way you could get as much done from one spot as possible. If you didn't put it in the right place, you'd go up, do one thing, and then you'd have to go back down, and then you'd have to move it and go up and do it again. And so up and down a ladder for eight hours a day you could either double the work or save your knees and just go up half as much depending on where you place the ladder. And ladder placement was the thing, especially if you're going up like a 14-foot ladder. I mean, 14 times, I don't know how many times a day, you feel it. And so placing that ladder at the place where I can put this hanger, put in this pipe, put in this hanger, good. I got in three things in this one placement of ladder. Otherwise, I'd put it up, oh, put the hanger up, oh, put it up, put the pipe in, oh, put it up and put this. And it would be three times the work if I didn't place the ladder in the right place. 
And you see, what Paul is wanting us to understand is where we stand in our faith is vital. That it's so important that you understand where it is you do stand because this is the springboard for how you are going to live. This is going to be the foundation of how you move forward. And so what's more important than the things that you are going to be doing is going to be first where you are standing. And that's so hard for us who are always just wanting to do, wanting to do, wanting to do. When someone says, okay, I just want you to wait. I hate waiting, right? I mean, we're getting ready to go to a wedding yesterday, my wife and I, and I'm done getting ready. I'll stop there because I don't want to get into any trouble, but I just hate waiting. (laughs) You've got to go home with Margie. Okay. And so this idea of coming into this faith and finally what I want you to do is I want you to understand where you stand. In verse 10 he says, to be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. You see, the balance of power has radically been shifted to the person of Christ. And now we're strong in the Lord and in his might. Verse 12, he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So you see, it's not what you do, it's where you stand. This isn't a battle that you engage in as much as it's one that's been engaged already. And you put on the whole armor of God. We put on what God has now provided. We're standing in his strength and might. We're putting on his armor. And what we have to understand at the very beginning where we place this foundation is the place where we stand in what he has done. And this is so important and this is such a central part of our faith. Those of us who are following Jesus, it really comes down to this place of we stand in what he has done. We put on what he gives. It's his armor It's not mine. And that's the starting point. It's important that we stand in this place that God has provided for us. It's the right position that he has made for us. And the whole book, he's been talking about this. He said in chapter 4 that we're not living in the futility of, of our minds are those who were without God, that we are understanding that we are in a place where our belief in God is now central to how we're living. We are living in his riches, rooted and grounded in his love, which he said in chapter three, in his grace, raised with him, seated with him in the highest heavenly positions, chapter two, adopted into his family, forgiven and lavished with his grace, sealed with his promised Holy Spirit, and it's our inheritance. This is where we stand. This is where we set our ladder. This is where we are going to move forward from because it's all about where we stand. It's all about who we are in Christ. And if we're going to accomplish anything, finally, Put your ladder in the right place. 
You've got to stand so that you are able to withstand. And, and this position is so important, but it, it's important that we recognize that as Paul is writing to the Ephesians and to us, and he says, be strong in the spirit and the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. When he says the you, remember, it's a collective you. It's not the individual you. I know we always take it personal. Okay, I, it's about me. No, he's talking to a whole community that's going to grow to 20,000 people. And he's saying, you need to do this. Why do we all need to do this is because we are dependent on each other. Now, this picture that he is giving of the soldier with the armoring, the, the people in Ephesus would know because Rome is so dominant in their culture that how Rome has conquered is so obvious because they've done it so well. And the way the Roman army would work is they would work together. They would stand together. They would lock the shields together and together they would be able to withstand whatever was coming towards them. Alone, they were vulnerable. And so when he's saying you need to stand, it's not just you alone. It's you who are part of something much bigger. I love watching those YouTube videos of people knocking over dominoes, you know, where they have a whole gymnasium of like 20,000 dominoes and they spell words and they make pictures and they go up ladders and all this crazy stuff I never thought you could do with dominoes. And I was looking at some of these things and they were telling you how you're supposed to set the domino. And the first thing you need to do is have a solid floor. Dominoes don't work good on carpets, right? They don't work good on things that are uneven. So there's gotta be a stable foundation. And every piece is dependent on another piece. What they'll do is every now and then they'll remove a couple. They call them little safety breaks. That way, when you knock one over by accident, it doesn't eliminate 20 hours of work, right? It's like it only eliminates three hours of work, which to me is mind boggling. Okay. They spend days putting these things up and it lasts for three minutes, but it's so cool. It's so fun to watch, but you see, each one is dependent on the other. And, and really the point that he's bringing about here isn't that I just want you to, to stand in the right place and I want you to be strong. He's saying, no, you need to understand that you are dependent on one another, that you don't stand for yourself, that you are standing for someone else and that someone else is there standing for you. And the importance is obvious. If you stumble and fall, someone else can stumble with you. If you don't stand strong, you make someone else vulnerable. But when you do take your place and you do stand where you're supposed to and you stand against and withstand the things that are happening, you are now a support to the people around you. And that is so necessary. We are the body of Christ. We make up what God is doing, and we need each other to stand. Because when I am struggling and feeling weak, I need someone's arms to hold me up, and I've needed it more times than I can count, and I know you have too. 
if we want this to be real, if we want this season of faith in Jesus to be something real, we need to be honest and admit we're not as strong as we like to pretend we are, that we aren't someone who can just stand by ourselves, that we need each other. I need you and you need me and we need to be there for each other. And the reason you are standing strong and the power of his might is because you are standing next to someone who needs you there. This is why church is so important. This is why recovery groups are so good because you go into a group where everyone is standing. Even in their weakness, they're able to hold each other up because together we can do this. By ourselves, we just can't. And so it's important that we recognize this. This this picture is so clear as they're standing here that you might be able to stand. It's collective. It's not individual. And he gives us these ideas of the things that are a part of this soldier's outfit. The truth. You're to gird yourself with this belt of truth. The truth, what truth? The truth of where you are in Christ, the truth of what God is doing, the the truth of how you are living in this relationship with God. Jesus said the truth will set you free. It's an amazing thing when you actually are honest with the situation that you are in. And it doesn't matter the situation. If you're doing some work on your house, and you don't know what you're doing, like electrical work and me, okay? Yeah, I think those wires go together. The truth is, I don't know. And I should ask my father-in-law, who's an electrician, hey, can we put these together? Oh, no, you'll burn the house down. Okay, that's good to know. Don't do that. You see, the truth sets us free. The, the truth of where you are in a relationship. Yeah, we're good, we're good. We're not good. No, we're good, we're good. No, we're not good. Honey, I'm saying we're good. No, I'm telling you we're not good. The truth is we're not good. And that actually helps the relationship to get better. The lie of everything's okay, everything's okay will mask it, maybe make you feel okay, but it's going to go downhill. You see, the truth helps you to grow. You've got a problem. The truth, admitting that you have a problem, is the way you get past the problem. And we all have a problem. We all have this brokenness inside us, this this sin that separated us from God. And the truth is we need a Savior. And, And that's what sets us into this place. That's the truth that we gird ourselves with. And we start to live in that. And when he talks about this, this breastplate of righteousness, again, he's not talking about armor. He, he's trying to help us to see where we actually stand. We are righteous not because we're good enough. We're righteous because of what Christ has done. We're righteous because of where we stand in him. In 1 John chapter 3, he says, For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. 
God is greater, so we're going to stand with his righteousness, not ours. And then he says in verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. You see, we can have confidence because we are knowing where we stand. We are living in this relationship with God. And if we're not doing good, we are trusting in him. And if we are doing good, we have confidence because he is the one who clothes us with this goodness, with his righteousness. How many of us believe that we are only good if we are doing good? And what happens is this, the moment you aren't doing good, the moment you falter, the more, moment you fail, you question everything. I, I was talking to a friend this past Friday. And he's not doing good. He's on the streets. He's addicted to drugs. And as I was talking to him, he, he showed me this thing that he had read and it talked. It was cryptic. It was something on the streets that someone had written. And it said something about the doors closed and you can't get in. And, and he was thinking, well, I, I don't know if God's there for me any longer. And I don't know if God loves me anymore. You see, what he's doing is he's looking at his circumstances and saying, I'm doing so bad and God is so good, I must not be there. But that's not what it's about. And I got to share with him, you know, I, I don't think that I'm more loving than God. In fact, I know I'm not. And if I'm here and I care about you, I can guarantee you that God does still. And it's never been about how good you could be. It's always been about how good God is. And it's not about what you can do for him. It's about what he has already done for you. God is always the one reaching. God is always the one who clothes us. God is always the one who gives. And this is where we stand. This is what we're clothed with. This is how we are establishing ourselves in this area. And so as we see this, he goes on and he says that for our shoes, for our feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I'm thinking, what do shoes have to do with peace? How do you get this understanding of peace with the shoes? What is the metaphor that he's trying to establish? You see, if you don't have peace, you are not going to stay where you are. You are going to move somewhere till you can find it. It's part of what we want. We are always looking for something to satisfy us. And if we are not at peace, we are going to move somewhere else where we hopefully can find it. And, and this idea of peace is the idea of a metaphor that's, being driven home is he's wanting to say when you don't have peace you won't stand where you are and you think of a soldier if someone is coming at them if they run away because they're afraid they won't stand their ground but if they're confident that they can stand then they will remain there and i was remembering years ago when my brother and i used to go ice skating I wasn't a skater, but he used to go skating and I bought a pair of skates. They were hockey skates. We didn't play hockey. That was dangerous. It, it, we just liked going around the ring as fast as we could. 
And, and so we would just skate. And the thing about skates is if you've got a sharp edge, it cuts into the ice. And so we would see how fast we could go. And then you do this crossover with your legs and you hit the ice and it clicks in and you could just push off of it and you could really get going. But when your skates start to dull and that edge gets cut, you hit the ice and it just slides out from under you. And have you ever walked on the ice with just tennis shoes on? Or have you ever seen that video of the girl who's behind the people on the sports thing and she's walking on the ice and all of a sudden, whoo, bam, she hits the ground. It's funny if you haven't seen it. It's not funny. She's okay. But it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, man, that was terrible. That was so funny. Let's watch it again. You see, if you don't have the stability of where you're standing, everything falls out from under you. And what you need to do is have peace knowing that you can stand in the very presence of God. Hebrews says that we can come with confidence, with boldness before his throne. Why? Because we're good enough never. I have a right to stand here because of what he has done. I have a right to stand here and have peace here because of all that he has done for me and I can accept that. And if we don't accept that, we are always trying to manufacture it. And we'll never be good enough. How good do you have to be to be good enough for God? It's better than you ever will be. So how can I have peace? How can I know that I'm okay? Well, you have to stand in the power of His strength, His might. The truth is what he's done for you. The righteousness is what he's given for you. Now you can have peace where you're standing here. Gospel of peace is the message of Jesus that you can hold your ground in confidence because if God is for you, who can be against you? Do you believe that he's for you? Or is he for you if? Is he for you when? God is for me when I'm doing good. God is for me when I've got it together. God is for me when I'm at church. God is for me when I'm not messing up. But when I mess up, God's not for me. See, God is always for you. He's so much for you that he will help you. When I was talking to my friend who's basically living on the streets, trying to get him off the streets. And I'm talking in my car, my truck, and I have some change in my ashtray. And he says, can I have the change so I can get some water and some things? And I said, no, you can't. I said, I I will help you to get better, but I won't help you to stay where you are. And you see, God will help you to get better, but he won't leave you where you are. He he won't enable you to live a mediocre life. He wants you to have a sure foundation. He wants you to know the truth of who you are and who he is for you. He wants to put on his righteousness for you. He wants you to have peace that he is for you, but he will always, always 
move you to where you need to be. And that's something that we should have confidence in. In in verse 16, he says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. All circumstances. I love that. In every circumstance, no matter what comes your way, you need to have this faith in God. Remember, you always need faith in something. You don't just have faith in faith. You have faith in something. So you always have this faith in God in all circumstances. No matter what is going on in your life, you can have faith in God. You know, it's amazing how God is able to sustain us through whatever it is we are going through. How this faith in him stands whether we're healthy, whether we're sick, whether we have much or whether we have little. Paul says, I've learned whether I have a lot or a little to be content. Content what? In this relationship I have with God, in my place, in my position with God. And and I think it's amazing how we are able to take this faith and it will move us into any situation. It's almost like it adapts us to life as life hits us. And, and you see, the whole reason Paul is writing this and he's telling you to stand is because life is a battle and you better suit up. You better put your helmet on because it's going to hit you hard. And if it hasn't yet, glad you're here but I'm telling you it will it will and this faith is what adapts you to the life that you're going to have to live you know I I was looking at how a camel is adapted to the desert that it lives in And, and camels are just amazing They have really thick eyebrows, like they're Italian or something. They have really (laughs) thick eyelashes, and and it's so that they can filter the sand that's there living in the desert. A, A camel is able to go a week or more without water, and they can last for several months without food, which kind of sucks, really. I mean, have to go several months without eating would be terrible. But they can survive months without food and actually weeks without water. That they are able to drink 32 gallons of water at one time. I know, that's nuts. That the hump stores fat, not water, like you believe when you're a kid. And the fat can actually turn into energy so that they can sustain themselves through this time. Unlike most mammals, a healthy camel's body temperature changes. It fluctuates throughout the day from 93 degrees to 170 degrees, and it allows them to conserve water by not sweating in that environment. A camel's feet are wide so that they can walk on sand. They have these huge feet so that they won't sink into the sand. They're adapted for this. A camel's lips are thick, 
so that they can eat prickly desert plants without feeling the pain. They are colored so that they will blend in to the environment so that they are more apt to escape from predator. Their hair helps keep the sand or dust out that might blow into their ears. They are covered with these things and they are adapted for their environment. You see, faith is what you and I need to deal with all the circumstances we will encounter. Faith in God, that God does not move even though my circumstances will. Faith in God that I have the right to stand here because of what he has done. And it has no bearing on you and your ability, but everything on what he is able to do. And this is the gift. This is the gospel of peace. This is what holds us together. I want to show you a video by Glennon Moulton Doyle. I love her. She's so passionate. You can follow her on mamastery.com. She has a blog that's really written to, to women, to moms, but it, men like it too. Um, it, it's great, but it's brutal and it's honest, and I love it for those reasons. And so we're going to watch this, and then I'm going to close in just a second. This is where we stand. Whatever you're going through, whatever the people in your lives are going through, there is a place that you can stand that is free from the condemnation, that is filled with the grace. And so I can go into the depths of someone's broken life and I can impart hope because that hope was there for me and that hope is there for them. This is where we stand and we will withstand anything that tries to move us from the place that says you have a right to be here because of what he has done. This is the truth that I'm going to gird my life with. This is what I'm going to wear over my heart. I'm going to stand with peace here and this is the faith that I'm going to hold. This is the salvation I am living under. This is the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the armor that is given to us because of what he has done. And this is where we plant our feet. This is where we make our stand. You know, the Roman soldiers, they had these shoes that had these like cleats on them. They were ahead of their time. And so this whole army would stand arm to arm, shield to shield, and they would have these cleats. And when the enemy would come and push against them, they could stand because they were locked into this place where the others were slipping and sliding and falling down. They could stand and they believed that if we could be here together, we will not be moved. That is where we are. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. You will go through things. You will have people who have cancer. You will have people who are addicted and struggle. You will have friends who are close to you who will die who will commit suicide there is going to be the hardship of life but i will stand on this faith and i will not be moved because it is my right as a child of god and this is what we are proclaiming to the world you have a home you have a place you have a god who loves you more than you can run away and he will pursue you and he will change you and he will Make you his son, his daughter, 
This is our inheritance. This is why Paul said, finally, if anything I can get through to you, you need to stand here. You need to withstand anything that would move you from this place because this is the gospel of Jesus. There are people in your life that you are worried about for whatever reasons. You are concerned about them and where they are. Understand that God is still for them, that God is still reaching and that you can stand with them. And when they fall, you need to be the one who stands and holds them, that there's going to be a time when you fall and there's going to be someone to stand by you and hold you. This is what we want to be as a church, a community of broken people, of forgiven people, of people who understand that it is by grace and grace alone that we come before the presence of God, that we can live in a world that we can face all the problems we have and the problems that the people around us have. We live here. We stand here. And we will not be moved. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling in their own lives, God, those who are here who are having struggles in maybe addiction, those who are struggling in their relationships, maybe husbands, wives, or with children. And Lord, it feels as if life is falling apart around them. I pray, God, that they would stand here and that they would be able to withstand all the circumstances that are changing. Lord, I pray for those who have children or loved ones that are struggling. And I pray, Lord, that they would stand here for them so they would see by example that there is a God who loves, forgives, cares, and there is a grace that will cover a multitude of sins. And I pray for us as a community, Lord, especially moving into this holiday season, that we would not be plastic or artificial. We would not to pre- pretend to, to have it all together, have a, a false joy. Our joy would be here. This is where we dance. This is, this is what we celebrate is that I am messed up, but I am loved. That I am broken beyond what you would ever know, but I am sustained that I am living in dark and difficult times and maybe even my days are numbered, but I have hope because this is where I stand. Lord, help us to be that picture to our family, to our friends, to the world around us this season. This is what Christmas means. This is what it is to believe in Jesus. And having done all, let us stand. Would you stand with me together as we close in a song?
I pray that you realize that you are here and you stand for someone else. And I pray that you would see the grace of God in your life and may you stand firmly in that grace. I can't tell you how much you are needed here for someone else. I know you have needs. I know that I have needs. But someone needs you. May you be the person who stands in this place, in this truth, in his righteousness for someone to hold on to. God bless you guys. See you next week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.